everyone, and welcome to the What's Up St. Charles podcast. I'm Nate. And I'm Nick. And we have a fantastic episode as we're going to be learning about Fox Den cooking here in downtown St. Charles. We have the owner, Jess Evans, here to talk about the wonderful new business that she has here in St. Charles. So, Jess, welcome on. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, you know, before we get to talking about Fox Den, let's talk about um, you a little bit. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, where are you from? Are you around the area? And maybe some of your favorite things that you like to do here. Um, I'm a local mom, so I okay. live in Geneva, but I'm literally across from St. Charles, the division and area. So um, I have three kids. I have a 13-year-old daughter, an 11-year-old daughter, and a two-and-a-half-year-old son. So I'm pretty busy when I'm <laughs> yeah, at I would say the so. school. <laughs> um, I, I love hanging out with my kids, but it's no surprise that what I like to do in my free time is go to restaurants and try new food and get inspired by different things around town. Um, But I do, I like to stay around town as much as possible. I have a lot of different collaborations with people in St. Charles, Batavia, and Geneva. So um, I like to go and visit shops and support them in those ways as well. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, you talked about, you know, going to restaurants, trying new food, but so where did that passion for, you know, cooking and food come from? Oh, since I was able to stand up, I was in the kitchen with my grandma making homemade tortillas. I was at my dad's house. Um, he would pick me up and go get me a pint of coffee ice cream and sit me in front of Channel 11 <laughs> for nice. hours until this old house came on. Okay. I liked all the cooking shows, but I didn't like the home improvement ones, which is ironic because I'm a big Chip and Joanna fan now. So. Um, I love all that stuff. So I just grew up in it. My families were kind of divided in their tastes. It was all homemade, like Mexican food and stuff like that on my my mom's side. And then my dad's side was very bougie and like to make um my grandma would like take clippings out of like magazines for like recipes so whenever we got together it was always something new i tried wild boar when i was i think like whoa cool yeah my dad would make that and to this day my dad and i make um gravy like red sauce uh every winter like fall winter so that we can make huge batches of it and have it every throughout the fall and winter times so, yeah. and homemade meatballs and oh, so it's a whole thing with my wow. family no, yeah. cool I'm yeah i know hungry <laughs> like i need to go get uh, my, my breakfast out of the fridge <laughs> <laughs> so i guess are there any specific memories from growing up in a house that was so culinary focused do you have any specific memories that really stick out to you I mean, those memories, like, mm. in the kitchen with my grandparents, because yeah. they've both passed now um, yeah. all, all on all sides, um, really kind of inspired also the cooking school and the ways that I teach is much more f- focused on experience-related mm-hmm. and sharing a, an experience with the person that you're there with. So I yeah. have those memories of the food, but it's because I spent it with the people that I loved, and sure. it just kind of inspired cooking that way like cook, mm-hmm. if you love what you're doing i feel it tastes better definitely yeah. well some of those dishes that you uh, mentioned before do you still use those recipes in your cooking today i do i actually just had a class it was a corporate event okay. um and it needed to be vegan uh no vegetarian yeah vegetarian okay. and it was mexican inspired so okay. for the iron chef uh, corporate battles that we do yeah um it, you get one specific thing that they're taught to create mm-hmm. and then they have 45 minutes to recreate in some fashion okay. um so i actually taught them calovasitas which is like zucchini and i made them into tacos so you do okay. like you, zucchini and squash which is great right now because everyone's 
home gardens yep. are bursting with all of that. <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. Um, and it's just that, a little bit of spices and like some tomato sauce, and you put that in mm. together, and then they put them in tacos. And the way that they recreated them was amazing. One of them did a Crunchwrap Supreme. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, one did a soup, which was amazing. They took, and you get like a whole stock pantry. So like they took like um, corn on the cob and like some beans and they put it in a broth and then like they like removed some stuff added some things mm-hmm. another one did little like tostadas um it was just so cool to see the creativity yeah. that you get from getting just like random ingredients and making something fun so i yeah. make that um i do the meatballs mm-hmm. um and sauce and homemade pasta pasta is probably the most popular class that i yeah. teach just because everybody wants to make the mess in my kitchen and not in there <laughs> <laughs> have you thought about doing one with like the boar meat or <laughs> oh the wild boar yeah oh gosh with food costs right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I, I would imagine that'd be pretty expensive. That's so. the hard part, right? Like you want to do all these like romantical type things, but it's costs are kind of crazy right yes. now. So you have to be creative with chicken and you know stuff. Just like out that. of curiosity, what does boar's meat taste like? Wild boar. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like beef, like a braised oh, beef. Okay. Honestly, okay. it's nothing crazy. Yeah, okay, so it's, it's just... more beef than I guess pork. Yes. Type. Yeah, the taste. way that he made it, it was very much more like beefy yeah. with like that type of a slow cooked gravy or mm-hmm. like similar to like if you were to uh, do like an oven like long roasted lamb like okay. lamb shank you know yeah. what i mean yeah. yeah similar to that okay that sounds, yeah. sounds good Get, getting, <laughs> hungry, getting hungry that's so, the point <laughs> so i mean a lot of those those dishes that you know probably been passed down from your grandmother and so you make them at home do you ever alter those recipes mm-hmm. to yeah make, i do make them your own okay because <laughs> yes. i know sometimes with people's cooking they're like oh i won't change any of the ingredients things like that's so like you those make them, grandma's recipe yeah and you leave it yeah. You leave yeah it is but you don't have, so you make them kind of your own you put yeah your own well on like them. homemade tortillas are usually made with lard and a lot of people okay. freak out about lard okay <laughs> so we'll do that differently um you know, like menudo is made with tripe, which is really kind of a scary thing when you look at it. it literally, looks like tentacles on an on an. Uh, um, what am I thinking? Like an octopus. An octopus. Yeah. yeah, it's really scary looking. So that's like a soup. Uh-huh. Um, you know, menudo, and so like you, I would just kind of omit that. <laughs> but I also did that as a kid. I never ate it, and I always just had the hominy like uh, in the broth, so okay. you could yeah. add chicken in instead, yeah. <laughs> like shred some chicken in. Um, but yeah, I like to add um, Saigon cinnamon into things okay. where there's just regular cinnamon because it gives you almost like those. Um, remember those candies? Those like not red, uh, red hots. Yeah, right. Yeah, red like, hots. Yeah, like cinnamony with, with spice. Mm-hmm. So I usually try to add that in a lot of stuff that I make sweet things. Like if I make Mexican brownies, I'll do that type of a cinnamon or cool. Mexican chocolate where it's that kind of different flavor than just a regular ground cinnamon so i'm a big spice person i like to add different types of spices in to make things kind of creative so yeah i do twist it around a little bit and my dad's recipe for gravy is extensive so i've definitely pared that down and he like will do you'll start with like neck bones like pork neck bones to get that like background flavor like the base in the sauce and so that's like a thing that I just don't do when I do yeah. it my own. You just add a little bit of beef base into it, and that'll still give you kind of that background flavor. Speeds so. up the process. Yeah, Speeds sure, up the process. a little bit. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> so um, so you're the owner of Foodie Fresh Meals? Used to be, yeah. Used to be the yeah, owner. Yeah, it's closed Pardon now. Yeah. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about what that what that was? So it's uh, it was a meal prep company where we delivered the meals okay. every week, um, yeah. similar to like a Factor 75 mm-hmm. or Freshly or something like that. Okay. okay. Um, I was 
you know, a mom. I had I just went job to job after my kids were driving me nuts at home <laughs> just to do something. Yeah. Um, and I just wasn't happy with the fields that I was in. Mm-hmm. So um, my husband is very much into meal prep and I was prepping very boring things for him like chicken and broccoli five days a week Um, and he's like you're you know and he's always said like you're such a good cook and you're like you're my husband like Mm. how true is that Um, and so he was like try it for other people and Mm. so um, my aunt worked at a company and she was like come in make us lunches and we'll have kind of like a little session we'll tell you what we like what we don't like and Mm. I just started with them and making them meals once a week and they would I would drop them off there and then they would um, tell their friends and that grew from um, 15 meals a week to I think I got up to 500 meals a week. Wow. I did up cool. to, hopefully no one's listening, and that, well, it's over now. I did, <laughs> I did up to 350 meals a week in my house, um, and like my husband would help, and we would do that two delivery days a week just because yeah. it was not a lot of space. I ended up, I still have a, a refrigerator in my garage that's the size in this room. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. I learned so much about my cooking skills. I learned so much about managing a business. Um, and I met some amazing people that have really laid the groundwork for this business. I, I met a lot of people that now I collaborate with on things or I, um, they've led me to more business for corporate events or just yeah. telling their friends mm-hmm. like, hey, remember Jess that used to do the meals? Now you can come and learn how to cook from her so it's it was it was a wild ride and it was through covid and we lasted through that um i ended up working with production companies so they ended up making i gave them recipes they made the meals and then i had delivery drivers that delivered it so i was i stopped cooking which was great in some ways but then i really yearned for that yeah need to do it again um so yeah Okay. Awesome. Well, is there anyone uh, besides your your grandmother and your father obviously influenced your your cooking? Um, but is there anyone else that you kind of look to for inspiration, whether it be you know a famous chef? Uh, I think you mentioned before cooking shows. Is there oh, any yeah. cooking shows that you watch a lot that you get inspiration? From? Oh yeah, all the time. Okay. Everyone thinks I'm crazy because I spend my free time watching cooking shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now, like before, it was just kind of for pleasure, right? Or just because I wanted to make a dish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it's I kind of watch certain. Shows to see how they run their cooking shows because I'm kind of like needing to figure out the best ways to have dialogue with the people that are in sure. the classes or yeah. the yeah. best ways to prep what I'm making. Um, but I grew up loving Rachel Ray. Okay. I, I had all of her cookbooks. My aunt would buy me like the cook sets. I had like the garbage bowl, all those things. Um, and then I graduated kind of liking Giada De Laurentiis. Um, she had a daughter, so like they would do shows together and my daughters love to sit and cook with me and like do mock shows like that um so them i love bobby flay i mean i could sit and watch the lost kitchen is one of my newest favorites okay she um she took a airstream and turned it into a restaurant kind of like a kitchen okay and then she has a space up in maine and in order to help out her local post office she made it so that her reservations were by postcard only so she opens oh, up on april cool. 1st you send a postcard in and then they pick a lottery and there have been people that have waited three years to go to her to go to it and yeah. it's not a menu that you can choose from it's a prefix menu you don't know what it's going to be 
I'm assuming you just get a dollar amount of what you have to spend. Right. Like people fly there. People propose to people there. But she's the most legitimate farm to table there is. So, like, she will only cook what is in season. And if one week she plans on, you know, a tomato bisque and the tomatoes are having a crappy season, she'll change it around. Yeah. One time she had to change it to celery soup because, like, she couldn't get what she wanted. But it was – people look like it was the most heavenly thing they've ever tasted. So yeah. I really like her um, ability to just kind of focus on the community and work with local people and bring that in and it was just kind of inspiring to see how she cooks in the kitchen and she managed her staff is all women so she manages all women and I didn't do that by design but all of my staff are women all okay. of my teachers and um, the cleaning staff so it's kind of been an inspirational way that way sorry that was long-winded oh no, it's all good <laughs> no, that was awesome yeah. so well it kind of ties into you know our, our silly question for you that's going to wrap up our part one here so no, you have to host a cooking class. Yes. And you get to choose two of the groups that you'll cook for. Uh, the first group is a bunch of Food Network hosts, so people like Guy Fieri uh, or uh, Robert Irvine, Rachel Ray. Um, let's say it's those three, um, yeah. just to, to kind of give specific people. And the second group is a bunch of Chicago-based food critics, so people that are more from around this area yeah. that you know might uh, get be able to you know talk about Chicago stuff. Uh, who would you choose and why? I would probably choose the celebrity, like the Food Network chefs. Okay. Just because I feel like they also um, try to inspire young cooks. Yeah. Um, and they're very creative in their ways. And I feel like food critics are always there to just pick apart what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a cop-out answer, but I would just be like so um, amazed to be able to be in the presence of the people that I've been watching for right decades at this point. Okay. Absolutely. Well, fantastic answer. So that will wrap up our part one. Uh, we're going to go into part two shortly where we talk more about Fox Den. So we'll be right back after these messages, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Break Between the Podcast. It's Nate. And Nick. And we have some special messages from our sponsors, as we'd like to thank them for their support of Jazz Weekend. So the first one is McGrath Honda. Are you looking to get a new vehicle? Look no further than McGrath Honda, the premier Illinois Honda dealer, where they have a huge selection of new and used vehicles and have experienced staff that can help you find the right car that's perfect for you. They make it easy to get all the available information so you can feel confident that you're making the right purchase. Stop by their location at 1411 East Main Street in St. Charles for a test drive today. Oh, that sounds great, Nate. Absolutely. So I know we got another car dealership here, one that's near and dear to my heart, as I've said many times on here. So, Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, so St. Charles Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Whether you're looking for a newer used vehicle, St. Charles Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram has a large selection of cars to choose from. They have helped many customers throughout the Chicagoland area, helping them find the car of their dreams. Their website makes researching vehicles fast and convenient, making it a great resource to help you find the perfect fit. Head to their website at stcharlescdj.com or stop by their location at 1611 East Main Street in St. Charles to find your new vehicle today. Absolutely. Well, and one way that you'll need to obviously look for these vehicles if you're checking online is obviously using the internet. Yes. And Comcast is a huge provider of the internet in the St. Charles area. So our next one is Comcast. Comcast is continually investing in their network so millions of homes and businesses can enjoy speeds faster than a gig. For more information, visit www.xfinity.com. 
Perfect. And now switching gears to one of uh, one of the great breweries in town in Pollyanna Brewing Company. Uh, Pollyanna Brewing and Distilling provides their customers with an intimate experience that goes beyond what's in their glass. Come experience this for yourself during Jazz Weekend with live jazz music performances on Friday and Sunday. Cheers. Absolutely. So um, that'll bring us to the end of the break between the podcast. Thank you again to our sponsors for helping mm-hmm. to make these events possible and for their continued support of our uh, events here in the St. Charles community. Let's get right back into the podcast to find out what's up, St. Charles. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our part two of the podcast. We're going to talk more about Fox Den. So, Nick, why don't you take it away? Uh, Yeah, so let's just dive right into the, the basics of Fox Den cooking. What exactly is it? So Fox Den Cooking is a cooking school um, where people can come and learn how to make something new with mm-hmm. friends, family, coworkers. Um, we do private events like corp- corporate team building. We do private birthday parties. I've done a bridal shower at this point, a baby shower. I'm trying to think if there's any other crazy things I've done. That's, I think that's about it. But, yeah, it's a cooking school first and foremost. Yeah. And so can you give us kind of the, the basics with the location and hours that you're open? I know that, you know, it's depending on the classes for the hours. but Yeah. So my hours are typically always Thursday through Saturday okay. um, for night classes. And then I pepper in private events on the other days Yeah. Um, or certain collaborative events. I just had a postpartum meal prep and mocktails last night. I'm going to do a baby food making class. Those types of things are on other days of the week um, or other business events like Yep and stuff like that. Um, So those are those days. What was the other part? And location. Location. So we're located in between, totally technically in between Fit and um, Ginger Root, but more... Uh, jeans and a cute top shop, Kuroko, Moto Emoto, like all in that area. Yeah, right on right First Street. From, yeah, right on Third Street, right across from uh, Alter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, when you, what made you decide to venture out? You know, change up from you know um, foodie fresh meals to now Fox Den. So years ago, I met a friend, um, Anthony Gargano, who owns Osteria Bigalaro in Geneva. Um, I was looking for business help. I just wanted, I had questions about how to run a business more efficiently. Yeah. Um, I went into his restaurant, had a couple of glasses of wine, gained some courage, <laughs> and I asked if I could speak to the chef. He emailed me back, and we met, and we become we became fast friends. Um, he's kind of like the I was telling him he's like the little brother I never wanted but needed. <laughs> um, so he, I learned a lot from him, um, from, from my own business. And then he, uh, opened need in the space that I'm in now, which was an urban eatery, like sandwiches and stuff. Right. But it was during COVID and didn't do too well. Um, but he had signed a three-year lease and needed to do something else. And he asked if I wanted to open a cooking school with him. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I never even thought that was something that could be my life, but I went to school for teaching. So I had that background in teaching. Right. Um, and you've heard my background in, uh, cooking. Um, so I was like, this is amazing. So he was like, you come in, I'll shop, I'll prep for you. You teach for two hours and I'll clean up. I'm like, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I had a one year old right then. And I was like, that's about all I can handle. Yeah. Um, and I taught my first class and it actually happened to be kids and I taught kids. So, um, I was hooked. It was yes. like a drug, and I was there. Like, <laughs> I, I want more of this, and let's do it. Um, 
So I just started then. That was back in July of last year. Um, and then he had to pull out because his brother, who was running his restaurant, moved on to pursue his dreams in Florida. So Tony had to start cooking full-time again at Osteria. Um, so he asked if I wanted to take it over, and I very crazily said yes. Um, yep. And I took it over starting in January of this year. Absolutely. And so, you know, the, with the name, you know, came with it as yeah. you, know, you guys had opened it together and then you took over the business, right? Yep. So he yep. came up with Fox Den as a true business owner thinking um, the Fox River. And if we ever made it so big, we could expand it all along the Fox River in different cities. Yeah. So that's where that came from. Absolutely. And so, um, oh, actually, go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say, you know, obviously it's you're very passionate about what, what you do. But can you just talk a little bit about why it's so important for people to develop culinary skills, to be able to uh, prepare meals for their friends and family opposed to, you know, just ordering out all the time. So what's the importance of learning those skills? Oh, gosh, that's a loaded question. (laughs) So many reasons. Um, So as a parent, (laughs) because I'm a parent, I think it's uh, a very important skill to learn so that they can take care of themselves, so they can make something for themselves. You know, Mm -hmm. you send kids off to college and you want them to eat something more than ramen and oatmeal cookies. (laughs) Right. Um, So that's huge. I just Mm -hmm. want my kids to be self-sufficient and able to do that. I think that when you learn how to cook, you can learn so many different things about flavors, and then you choose to do something like your own your own macaroni and cheese instead of going to Chick-fil-A and, you know, and it's healthier. Um, And I think it's just, it's just something good for everybody to learn. Um, Yeah. I I mean, monetary. I'm lost in my thoughts. Oh, it's all good. Yeah. And then with food costs right now, like going out to eat is very expensive. So to be able to learn how to do that for yourself, I think you save a lot of money there. Um, In an economy, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. I also know, you know, from my own like personal experiences, I'm sure, you know, as well, growing up with your grandmother in the kitchen that, you know, even just spending the time in the kitchen with yes. your loved ones is That was awesome. one of my, you, you, you remembered <laughs> something, you Gabrielle, yeah. I was like seven <laughs> things came into the, my, my mind at once, but yes, absolutely. I think that cooking is showing love. I think mm-hmm. cooking is an experience. Instead of sitting on an iPad, you're sitting there together and you're putting yeah. something together and you're creating a memory. Yeah, working together, bonding. Yeah, you know, It's just great quality time. Yep. Yeah, so. absolutely. So going back to Fox Den cooking, can you just walk us through what a typical class would look like? Yeah. So our classes are about two hours, unless people are very rowdy and don't listen too well. <laughs> um, so you start out, we usually make three things, whether it be like an appetizer, entree, and a dessert. Um, and they'll start out, I'll do a little bit of a demonstration. Say, I'll take, for instance, pasta, so I have something to very distinctly tell you about. So they would start by making um, the pasta dough. You let it rest. Um, They get a starter sauce that they can expand upon and add some sausage or beef or vegetables in. Um, And then they actually roll out their dough and cut it into either um, spaghetti or fettuccine. And then I've recently taught them how to make uh, pappardelle. I'm sure I'm butchering that to how you're supposed to properly say that (laughs) when you're Italian. Um, But that's a good option for people at home if they don't want to buy a pasta machine they can just roll it and cut it which is awesome yeah um then they cook the pasta and then they throw it in the sauce and they get to eat it and then usually with my pasta classes i do a homemade compound butter um with some bread that they can try and i try to use seasonal herbs and citrus put it in there with a little bit of local honey it's really good every every class they're like wait can we have the recipe for the bread for the butter (laughs) (laughs) you're like come to my next class on that one yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it, so that's the class. Then we have beer and wine for purchase that they can have alongside with that. Okay. Um, and, yeah, and then there's always time for people to sit and visit and 
talk about what they did. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you go about, I guess, choosing what classes to do? Like what you're going to cook that day? Is it like seasonal? I mean, you do this yeah, whatever you're feeling. Or? I try to do seasonal. Okay. Um, some of it is just how I feel about things. Yeah. Some of the stuff it was Tony and I came up with in the beginning. Um, yeah. Very Italian based, you know, when in Rome was like arancini fried risotto balls and um, evening in Paris, Coco Van, like, and those are, those are staples in the pasta making that I have to have. The pasta once a week, I probably went in Rome and evening in Paris twice a week. And then I tried to throw in, you know, the homemade tortillas and mm-hmm. things like that. But yeah, I definitely try to make things that are in season or just, I mean, I have Pinterest and I sit and scroll and look at recipes and like, that's a good one. That's a good one. Let's yeah. see how we can tweak that. So I'll make sure. it at home, see if I can do it at the school and, and try it out. Okay. Awesome. And, um, you know, you mentioned collaborations before. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit with collaborations you have going on at Fox? Oh gosh, then? I get yelled at for collaborations actually. Cause I like, we'll talk to somebody and they'll be like, really you're gonna do that and i'm like yeah why not so we yeah. ha- i have um paula's in batavia is a local consignment shop okay um and she came in she's a member of start something studio and so am i in batavia and they help with businesses with um small owned businesses and so i met her through that and i'm a big fan of consignment shopping because it's super cheap and yep. you're recycling <laughs> um clothes and so she was like let's do fashion and food so we did an event where you learned how to make some food and then you watched a live fashion show cool um so that was a, a wild collaboration it was yeah. so much fun yeah. um oh gosh i'm about to do a collaboration with a color analysis woman so she's a stylist that um believes that you have you're born with certain colorings okay. so you're a season, right? You're an autumn, a spring, a summer, or a winter. And so, like, you start out by putting on, like, say, a white or a cream, and one will, like, bring out the colors in your face. One will drain the color from your face. So we're going to do an okay. event where people come to do little mini sessions That's to cool. figure out what their colors are. And then I'm going to do, like, um, drinks and food in that. So, like, an autumn drink, a summer drink, a fall drink. Same with the, the foods. Yeah. Um, so if you could dream it up, we'll do it. I, I'm going to try to do, like, a pour party where people can make candles and That's then cool. food along with it. I mean, the murder mystery coming up is going to be um, stopping in. Yeah. Or a little snack and have one of the actors do a little spiel there. Um, I'm going to have a scarecrow for scarecrow fest, things like that. So um, if I can collaborate with someone and figure out how to put food with it, I will do it. Absolutely. Awesome. awesome. Sounds like you guys have a lot of good stuff coming up. Yeah. Yes. Um, so let's say you're somebody who's maybe hesitant about cooking in front of other people, maybe not the most talented chef. What would you tell that person Uh to, I guess, kind of get over that, to go visit Fox 10 cooking. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I literally get nervous every single class before. I get the jitters okay. every class. I'm okay. not really big on talking in front of people, um, but I draw off people's energy. So usually people engaging, mm-hmm. looking at me, smiling. It helps bring down my, like, nervousness. Um, right. But I feel like that is if you're doing something you love mm-hmm. and people are there wanting to do something that, they want to learn about it kind of breaks the barrier naturally yeah um that's at least what i try to say with things like that but i am honestly the most nervous person talking to people in public and i usually say that when i start talking in front of people <laughs> and then they laugh and then when people laugh it breaks down my barrier and yeah. then it's like okay no we're fine definitely yeah, yeah so bit you know the advice is just come in come jump in and just you know have some fun crack a joke have some fun yeah. like just meet some people, try to not make it too serious and, and focus on what you're good at. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, if someone, you know, wants to book a class, where can they do so? 
online, foxdencooking.com. Okay. Um, there's, I also have uh, social media, so at, at foxdencooking on Instagram and foxdencooking on um, Facebook. There's links there to go to the website to cook classes for that. Okay. And then, of course, you know, follow you on Facebook to yep. stay updated on all the things coming up, Instagram, yep. so all the good social media yes, stuff. So please. perfect. All right. Well, that is all of our questions for you, Jess. So uh, we got one more, actually. Uh, is, is there oh, anything boy. that you'd like to say to the St. Charles community before <laughs> we wrap up here? Oh, gosh. Please come in and visit. I'd love to have you in. Yeah. Um, I'd love for you to come and create a memory with the people that you love um, and learn something new. It's a fun space, um, and there's always something new to learn. Absolutely. Well, on that note, um, that will bring us to the end of the podcast. You know, make sure if you can, everyone, go check out uh, Fox Den Cooking. Uh, go check out the website. Check out, you know, social media. Check out all the cool pictures and all the cool classes that are coming up. Any classes that you want to highlight, you know, specifically for September or anything? I'm super excited about my newest chef, um, Chef Katie. She was from Two Wild Seeds. It was a bakery oh, yeah. for about seven years. Yeah. That's awesome. So all of her classes are going to be gluten-free um, and pescatarian. So she's not a... Um, not a full vegetarian, um, but yeah, so all things gluten-free. She's working on gluten-free pizza, gluten-free pasta. Awesome. Um, all of the baked goods she does she's are gluten-free. She's actually going to have a, a class with her mom, who was the co-owner of Two Wild Seeds, and they're going to do um, a cupcake decorating class. So you do gluten-free cupcakes and learn how to make special designs with flowers and yeah. colors and things like that. So I'm so excited. She's a lovely woman, yeah. and I'm really happy to have her. So. Oh, yeah. We, we miss them terribly, you know, because Jenna... Um, our, our executive director has a gluten allergy, so she would go there all the time and get their their sweets and stuff because they're just they're so good. Yep. So so glad that they could you know come back to the area and stay still be involved here. So yeah, really so excited. That, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to promote while we we got you on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, like I said, Scarecrow Fest, I think we're going to do a little nibble. You can stop in and do like an open house type thing. Perfect. Um, trying to think what else i mean week over week we always have things going on so yeah okay just well perfect check out the yeah site and then and of course you know yeah. if there's anything that does come up i'm sure you guys yep. will announce it on your social media yeah. check so. out check, check out the saint charles business alliance they'll have all of my classes yeah absolutely so well thank you jess for coming in today it was a pleasure talking to you and you thank know you. hope everyone can come check out her wonderful business here in saint charles that'll bring us to the end of the podcast episode so we'll have more coming down the line until then, everyone, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you all next time.